Hi, it's Robin here from eatweeds.co.uk and the Eat Weeds podcast. So today I have Mary Morgan. The reason I brought you on to the interview, onto the show, is because I'm personally fascinated by tea ceremonies and I know that you do an Appalachian or Appalachian tea ceremony. But before we get into that, what I'd really like to know is what's been your plant journey? Yeah, gosh, I mean, it it goes back to childhood for sure, and the plants just slowly but surely calling me into their fold. And as I grew older, um, I started to seek it out on a more, I guess, academic level, creating my own um, major in college for sustainable living, creative expression, and journalism, which was my excuse to be able to go deeper with the plant world and the ecology around me and then share that with others. Um, And I graduated from Fairhaven College in Bellingham, Washington with with that degree and came back to the East Coast. Um, That was Washington State and came back to the East Coast and just started exploring more takes into how you can bring the plants into relation into your life and um, in that process I met Frank Cook who was such a teacher on that path for me and many many others and we had the opportunity to journey to a lot of different continents together and explore the indigenous plants and healers of those places and receive the knowledge from the people and the plants and then come back and share that with people here in the West um, and still on, on that journey. So you've, and, you've got a, you've, you've set up a herb farm. So what's, what's your place called? This is Herb Mountain Farm here in Asheville, North Carolina. It's, it's about 30 minutes north of Asheville, North Carolina in the Appalachian Mountains of the United States. And this farm here is 138 acres most of it all in conservation easement to never be developed. Um, it's been in the family of my husband, Hart Squire, for decades. And it was the first organic farm in Buncombe County um, 50 years ago. And he was kind of the laughing stock of the area. But as we all know now, there's a big, big organic movement. Things, things are always changing, some in positive directions. Um, and over the years, he, he decided that he wanted to let go of the farming business because he's older now and it's a heck of a lot of work to farm sure. and turn this into an educational center. So um, we, we have some venues that we are renting out for people to come and stay now and learn about how to connect with the planet and steward Earth with consciousness and know your plants as allies and that's what we're doing here now. It's wonderful. I did. Um, I have to let everyone know that I actually came over and taught on your farm last year, which was extraordinary. I mean, I was one. It it kind of closed the the circle for me from from being truly inspired by this guy Frank Cook. If people don't know who, who he is, just stick his name into the search engine on um, eatweeds.co.uk or visit plantsandhealers.org and you'll learn about his work. He, he was a, a deep inspirer for, as you said, Mary, many, many people, um, and specifically myself. So to have been told to get out the door and teach 
back in 2008 by Frank to then end up teaching on your land and I think you have a trail dedicated to Frank don't you you have the Frank, yes, Frank, Frank yes. Cook trail we made mile long nature trail dedicated to Frank yes and it was so so sweet to have you teaching here with a group of people and bringing your take and essence of knowledge that you you bring such a new slant to it it was very refreshing to have you here that's great thank you like I said earlier, the, the thing that, that I find personally that I'm working with is I, I like the idea of ceremonies. I like the idea of whenever I've traveled abroad, I've visited cultures that have a huge respect for plants. They use them daily. They're part of their rituals. They're part of their religious ceremonies. And I don't know about in America, but certainly over in Britain, I feel... Um, that we don't certainly don't have plants at the forefront of our celebrations is often the pub <laughs> and um, which is fine uh, but what I liked and years ago I, I kind of studied Japanese Zen Buddhism and I loved the tea ceremony and then I realized that you run Appalachian tea ceremonies so Tell me where where did the 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 idea of of a of a tea ceremony come from for you? How did that evolve into now what you put on on the farm? Mm-hmm. Sure. So um, the idea actually came from one of my dearest friends, Jesse Wilder. Um, we go to an annual gathering at some friends' lands out in Boone, in North Carolina, and. Um, we're encouraged to offer something there. There's about 50 of us, and we all bring something to the table to share over the weekend. And Jesse said, why don't we offer an Appalachian tea ceremony? And I thought, brilliant. This, this incorporates so many of my passions. Let's do it. So she and I, um, we laid out a, a tapestry, and we collected, well, I brought a lot of plants from here at our mountain, and um, we laid them out on the tapestry. We made a sun tea, which was an infusion of a bunch of the plants that were already on the farm in Boone that we were there. And we made a, an infusion with boiling water over some of the herbs and um, sought out some mugs and invited people to come. And it was such a powerful experience. I still get people who went to that first one saying to me how much it impacted them and so since that time I thought well why don't we just do this regularly um, so so now I've been offering them every two weeks every Thursday here on the farm and they continue to humble me each time and inspire me how, so how long is a tea ceremony for you it's generally an hour it can go for two hours it seems to be as much of an infusion of the people as it is an infusion of the herbs that are brought to the table. Well, there's not really a table, but sure. <laughs> to the ceremony. So could you just talk us through the ceremony from when people arrive to how you prepare, what you plants you use and, and how you close it? What, what, what happens in the tea ceremony? How do people engage with it? Um, so with the Appalachian tea ceremony, the, 
the thing that is, I would say, the most important pulse of it is that it's the plants coming through who are strongest in their season. So, for example, last week, Lindira benzoin, which is spice bush, one of our native shrubs, is about to burst into flower. So this plant was calling me to harvest and make an infusion of it to share with the people on the tea ceremony. Um, it's always local infusions. I make a single infusion. So so that example was spice bush. And then I combine whichever plant I'm using also with a blend so there'll be two separate teas that are there. And whoever comes to this tea ceremony also makes the infusion. The people make the infusion. The plants make the infusion. Every ceremony that I've held is completely different. Um, it seems that the plants and the people call forth what is needed in that moment. So if we have a moment of bringing the tingzas and just settling in, taking deep breaths, coming into grounding into our present moment and space where we are. And then I share the intention of the tea ceremony, which is to find a sense of place in the here and now and to slow down in this hectic world and take a chance to reflect quietly on our hearts and listen to what one another or whatever is coming up inside of ourselves and to be still with the plants as we sip the tea and drink the tea and really feel it going through our bodies, through our bloodstreams, through the places in our body that we might not be paying attention to and we're just gulping down our tea to get from A to B in our daily life. And once we've, <clears throat> once we've poured the tea, which is done in silence, um, we smell it, we sit with it, I incorporate the more of the ancient traditions of tea ceremony during that part. Then I offer up, um, does anybody know who this being is? So I don't tell what the tea is. Um, and oftentimes people will be able to tell from the smell. Sometimes no one will know what it is. Um, and once it's been, been made known who it is, I'll pull out the plan itself and share it pass it around, and then the stories just start pouring out, like what this plant's relationship is with us. Sometimes they're purely memories from childhood of seeing that plant outside of your house, and it brings back a feeling that you had when you walked with your dad in the woods. Sometimes it will remind you of how you were healed or found comfort or were soothed through this plant. I mean, the stories are just endless that come through the people that are in the group and, and that I share. Um, and uh, after we've shared that for a while, sometimes a song will want to come through. I'll share a song. Um, and then we'll offer the blend, the, the next tea, which is a blend. And it evokes all kinds of other feelings and thoughts and emotions. And more plant stories come. And then we sit in silence and pause for a little bit longer. And oftentimes through this simple slowing down and being quiet with the tea, um, someone will, people feel called to, to share really dear and tender things on their heart that is happening in their heart. And for me, that's, 
that's the, the richest part of it is to see the plants working inside of ourselves to hear our own inner guidance and our own voice and, and allow ourselves to be vulnerable and know that we're held safe in this ceremonial space to share. And then I close it with song usually, um, and then our ceremony is, is over. <laughs> That's really beautiful, Mary. Um, I, I love how something as simple as infusing a plant I do. I, I um. Sometimes I run retreats. So this is. I've never called them um, flower flower tea ceremonies or tea ceremonies before. I've just called them plant tastings, and I find it quite extraordinary how people, how kind of like you say that the old memories, the forgotten memories, often from when we were very young, when we engage with plants in that kind of curious almost unconscious way when we were children um, can elicit such deep feelings of contentment and serenity and peacefulness. And I also find it really extraordinary that because I too, I don't tell people what they're, what they're, they're drinking. And I try to try to choose a plant that they chances are most people in the group won't know. And actually the way that, that I work is that we, we get, give people a piece of paper and they just write down whatever is coming to their mind um, and they do that in silence and then then that's shared and what I find is specifically with the medicine uses the traditional the old folk uses of, of the plant that they correlate almost identically to what are in the old herbal books but then there's another aspect that comes in where I mean I, I, did, I did it with cleavers last year with a group and four people felt that that cleavers was good for respiratory problems now cleavers is goose grass and um nowhere in the herbals does it mention respiratory problems and in fact there was a woman with asthma who said that her asthma constriction had had really reduced by drinking the tea so i find tea ceremonies as, as although on the surface level that could just be well i'm just drinking a cup of tea herb tea um <laughs> But on the deeper level, there's a lot of healing that can go on, especially when those sharing start happening. Yeah, it makes me think about how we received that initial information in the first place of the plant medicine, the folk medicine. I think it was done in this way of making an infusion of, of the plant or nibbling on the plant and being quiet and receiving the information, the story of what the relationship with this plant could be has just taken us back to that place that's in us that we've we've shut down, especially in the past few generations. Yeah. And yeah. when you wake in that place up, it's like relief. Ah, oh, yes. I can remember. I do remember. I am empowered. People leave feeling so empowered. It's a continual healing process. Each one. Each one. I think that our our journey in life right now as people on the planet is a, a continual healing process. And anything that we can do to support that is going to make life better for future generations, I truly believe. 
and I love it when it's simple things that can do that. Nothing complicated, nothing expensive. We're not having to consume a whole bunch of things. It's very simple. Very yeah, simple. I find I find that it's it's funny. Simplicity is an easy thing to say, but it, it's 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 hard in it in the human body when our brains love to complexify everything. Yes, and that's what I like about the. I mean, I use the word contemplative practice, but that's slowing down, that paying attention, that becoming present to the moment and and really kind of almost getting a, a sense of possibility, potential. There is always, certainly I've experienced the, the hope that comes, that even though there's a lot of um, bleak and bleak stuff going on in the world, that somehow there is that Boyous, buoyant hopefulness that comes when I engage with plants, wild plants, most often. So, what do you advise, or any any um, suggestions to people who are listening to this show on? Because obviously, they can't come to Appalachia. Well, some might <laughs> actually. That's not true. I think some might be able to. But those who can't, what would you suggest to them to be able to bring these simple ceremonies into daily life? The idea of the Appalachian tea ceremony can be applied anywhere, wherever you are. So where's your region? What's your bioregion? What's your niche? It can, what, what, would, what would you call your area? Like, I, I, I wouldn't call it the UK tea ceremony, but like, what would you call... You know, it's like bringing it down home to right where you are and holding space and letting the plant just hide people. So we could have the Devon tea ceremony or you could have yeah. the, or it could even go down to, to kind of um, town or city region specific. I just like the idea of encouraging people to bring in these ceremonies and adapt them to their own place and in a modern context as well. I mean, we're not all Japanese Zen Buddhists. So, you know, how, how can that, that grace of those tradi past traditions be brought into the present moment and thereby influence the potential future of our relationship with land and plants and each other? And obviously the great community around us, which is just all the other non-human beings. I think that's it, just finding your sense of place, tuning into your surroundings and what nature is showing you there. And also because we are such a one world, we have so much information, we have access to so much knowledge of all of these cultures' way of having ceremonies and medicine and healing and all of these things. So it's honoring those things while making them making them um, local and sustainable and in your own way. I think that's that's the future of, of all of our medicine and ceremony is taking that knowledge that we have but bringing it bringing it home on a real local real level. Yeah. And the plants are the ones that do that because they're growing right there around you. I mean, you can't <laughs> you can't get any more real than that. No. And you can't get away either. <laughs> you might want to lock yourself in a concrete block, but you know, at the end of the day, they still break through the cement. <laughs> they sure do. 
They sure do. We just laid a brick patio, um, and guess what? The cleavers have already popped through all the bricks. <laughs> we put down sand first, lots of sand, you know, put, then laid down the bricks, and well, there they are, and I just had to smile. So thank you, Mary. That was really lovely to reconnect with you and talk to you, even though it's a virtual digital you know you're thousands of miles away um it's a uh, herb mountain farm is a very special place like i say i talked there last year and and i was blown away by it so if anyone is in the Asheville area north carolina you can take a workshop or you can even just go and stay lovely to have you on thank you so much for doing the tea ceremonies i think they're really powerful i think i encourage everyone who listens to this to start small you know if you don't know many plants it's not about knowing a gazillion plants frank i think always used to say you know if you know two or three plants and you know them really well then go out into your communities and start sharing that knowledge and if you have to just start with dandelion flowers in a tea ceremony start with dandelion flowers Um, if you want to just start with nettle start with nettle but start because it's only by doing it the more people get intrigued by what is this tea ceremony a devon tea ceremony what's that all about mm-hmm. and that way the knowledge and the teachings not only from people but from the plants themselves get passed forward so thanks again thank you so much robin it's an honor to be interviewed by you and eat weeds really appreciate your work in the world yeah pleasure <laughs>